chapter 16. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That God's going to do in the church what the world has never seen before, what the church has never really seen before. You know, there's been the healing anointing in the church. There's been healing revival. But there's never been this supernatural debt reduction, supernatural financial thing that God is doing in the 90s in the church. Amen. But He's doing it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So good. Turn. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight. And I, I, what I'm going to do tonight is a lot different than I usually minister. But I believe it's the Holy Ghost. And a lot of times when I'm preparing, sometimes I do Sunday night. And pastor's not here tonight. Y'all know that. So I'm not the pastor. The pastor's out of town. But I do do Sunday nights a lot of times. And when I'm preparing for that... Um, a lot of times the Holy Ghost will just drop down a message into my heart. And I'll preach that, or I'll get a scripture, I'll get an unction, and I'll just follow that out, maybe study it out or whatever. But um, it's not that what I got have for tonight isn't like that. What I want to share with you tonight is some little nuggets that I have been writing down myself, really doing as a personal study for myself. But it's so ministered to me, and I believe it's so relevant for us to have what God's called us to have, that I believe it'll help you. So it's not going to be just this, nor you'll say, well, she didn't do it like she normally does, and I'm warning you ahead of time, not going to do it like I normally do. Actually, I'm just going to read to you some things that I have been jotting down as I've been writing and, and meditating and reading and so forth, and then I'll just comment on those things. Amen? And... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what they have to do with so you can get your train of thought going with me in the same direction from the beginning. And what they have to do with is the words we speak and confession. Because I had been believing God for some things in my life, and uh, I was just sure I was speaking right. <laughs> you know, it's just I knew I wasn't making any negative confessions. I knew I wasn't. But the Holy Spirit led me to some things, and I began to look at some things. And uh, as I began to let the Holy Spirit impress upon me some things, I realized that in a very subtle way that I had really been confessing some things that weren't bringing me everything God wanted me to have. You know, I had put away the blatant, obvious bad confessions. I put those away a long time ago. I quit saying a long time ago, that just scares me to death. And, you know, I quit saying those things a long time ago. I quit using the word death. We don't, we don't use that word. I, I, so I put away those obvious things, you know, that are bad confessions. But I didn't realize that there were some things that I was speaking still that were not giving God opportunity in my life, that were not faith. And the spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians says that that spirit of faith is that we believe and we speak. And I've been stirred up about this. And so I think some of these things will help you tonight. And if God leads you, I, I did some repenting myself as I was going through this. I just, God reminded me of some things that I had said. And, and sometimes we can be thinking we're making a good confession and making a bad. And so God will help you. I can't tell you, I can't show you the things that you're saying wrong. But I promise you, if you don't have 
everything you have been believing for, if it's delayed unnecessarily long, let's put it that way, then it's your mouth. It's, not, it's nothing else but your mouth. It's your mouth. If, if healing is delayed, for instance, unnecessarily long, then it's your mouth. And we have to be teachable. We have to be willing to receive this from the Lord. And you know, let's just read the scripture. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I, the Lord will give me, a, he'll give me that back to say later if I'm supposed to. John 16, 23. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Very, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Prayer, and this is some of the nuggets. I'm just going to start reading them to you now. We read that scripture, and then here, here's what I want to say to you. Prayer is your legal right to use faith-filled words to bring God on the scene in your behalf that your joy may be full. Prayer is your legal right to use faith-filled words to bring God on the scene in your behalf that your joy may be full. And then turn over to John 15 and verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. When the word abides in you, then faith will be present in your words. When the word of God abides in you, then faith will be present in your words. God is glorified when your prayers are answered. See, didn't it say that right there? In John 15, 7 and 8, he said it, that you would ask what you would and it would be done unto you. And then he said, in this my Father is glorified. God is glorified when your prayers are answered. He is not glorified for you to have a bunch of unanswered prayers. It does not glorify God for you to have lack and be believing Him but have an unanswered prayer. It does not glorify God for you to have a bill that needs paying and you ask Him to pay it and it didn't get paid. He is not glorified in that. But He is glorified when you pray and you receive. It glorifies Him. I don't know if we really knew that before. Maybe we just really hadn't thought about it. I think sometimes we've thought that God was really glorified when we had to stand in faith 15 years for something. I think we read the story of Abraham and saw that he waited 25 years and thought, boy, that glorifies God that Abraham and Sarah had to believe him for 25 years. Sometimes do we kind of get things twisted like that sometimes and begin to believe that there is a glory, even sometimes exalting saints in the church that we know have, boy, that woman, she's believed God for 15 years for something. Don't we, don't we nearly glorify that? I, I mean, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to, because I've believed God for some, a long time for some things too. But I, I think sometimes that I didn't realize that that wasn't as glorifying to God as the things that I believed Him for and I got it the next day. But we nearly discount that kind of stuff. It's nearly like we, it's nearly like the enemy twists it to us and we kind of get to believing like that must not even have been God's will. It was so easy. That anything that's God's will is double hard. That God gets this some sort of sadistic pleasure out of stretching us to the very limit. 
Don't we feel that way sometimes? I mean, you know, we get to thinking that there's glory and there's honor in that. But he said that there was honor for God. There was glory for God when your prayers are answered. Amen. Praise God. Well, it changes our perspective when we look at it that way. Now turn over to Mark eleven twenty four. We're going to do some scripture running around tonight. Can you all stand it if I do things different than I normally do? I know I'm not really preaching tonight. I know I'm not really teaching. Can you just, can you all just make a demand on the nugget and just say, I'm going to get that one thing. You know, you're, you may not can get every one of them, but you can get that one thing that's going to set you on a course tonight. Amen. Mark 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe. Have y'all ever just seen that phrase out by itself? Instead of when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. You know, we always just run that all together. Just in your Bible, if you write in your Bible, just circle when you pray, believe. That's just a whole big new revelation there. When you pray, believe. It just makes it so simple. Because, you know, sometimes we get bogged down in that, well, did I really believe I received when I prayed? Did I, I'm not sure if I really believed I received. Just when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. So simple. Now, I'm going to say some things. Hold on to the, for these, okay? Prayer won't work without faith. Prayer won't work without faith. Faith will work without prayer. Faith will work without prayer. Prayer is only one means of releasing faith. Prayer has two requirements. The first requirement of prayer we read in uh, the first scripture we read in uh, John 15, no, second scripture we read, John 15. The first requirement of prayer is that it must line itself up with the word of God. And in John 15, 7, we read, if my words, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. The first requirement of prayer is that it must line itself up with the Word of God. Now, I'm helping you here tonight because if you have been in this a long time, you've been filled with the Spirit a long time, family, you're just like me and you need a, you need a refresher course every once in a while. Just so we can stay fine-tuned and so we can start, we can keep our prayers being answered and we can keep ourselves in that spirit of faith where we, when we pray, we believe and we see things happen because we're not just going through form and going through ritual. It's real easy to get in just going through form and through ritual. But if you are new in these things, you have, sometimes I know when you come to church here and you're new, you're just baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's like you came in to... You came in in the middle of the movie. Have you, have you ever felt like, wait, 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 what are y'all talking about? Wait, I need to know the background behind this stuff. Y'all are saying, don't confess anything negative. And I'm going, what? wait, wait, I don't understand what you mean. I know we have some friends in Birmingham and, and they, uh, uh, they say that. Uh, they go to Word of Life Christian Center there and they said, uh, they said so when we first came it was like, we felt like we walked into the middle of the movie. It's like, wait a minute, we need a course just to start us all over. And so, and so this, tonight are some things that are going to help you start over. The second requirement of prayer is that you release faith. There's two requirements of prayer, that it line itself up with the Word of God. You can't ask anything that's not in line with the Word of God and get prayer answered on it. Amen? And the second requirement of, faith, of, of prayer is that it release faith. Hebrews 11.3, 3. 
It's okay, isn't it, for God to do something a little different than you're you're used to. You know, the Holy Ghost has great variety. Hebrews 11.3, through faith, I'll wait till you get there, 11.3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You can't see spoken words and you can't see faith. And God made the world with faith and spoken words. And you will frame your world. You're going to frame your world. Whatever your world looks like, whatever your little world, your life, the little world that you live in every day, you framed it with your faith and with spoken words. You frame it. You can frame it with things you cannot see. With You can't see words and you can't see faith. Amen? In Luke chapter 1, I'm giving you a lot of faith scriptures here. Luke chapter 1. And I realize some of this stuff could require some meditation, but that's okay. Uh, by the way, that is what you're supposed to do for y'all that are beginners. Church does not end. When we get out tonight, you're supposed to Meditate and think on these things and study them and, and it'll, a light will go off. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The angel had appeared to Mary and said to her in verse 35 that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And in verse 38, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Mary agreed with the word of God. That's all she did. That is all she did was agree with the word of God. And all you have to do is agree with the word of God. And it's done. As soon as you agree with the Word of God, it's done. And that's all you have to do. See, that makes it simple, doesn't it? That gets it real down real simple. Sometimes we, and you know, especially in certain denominations, I mean, they have blown Mary up to be some sort of, you know, well, actually they blew her up and made her the mother of God. Don't, now don't get, don't get, but that's, that's exactly what they, they blew her up to be. But Mary, she said of herself, she said, I'm just a handmaiden of the Lord. Well, hey, this room's full of handmaidens of the Lord. Praise God. And let me tell you something, family. Any handmaiden or man, handman, do they, is there such thing as a handmaiden? <laughs> yeah, there, there's one back there. Any handmaiden of the Lord that agrees with the Word of God, in God's eyes, is just as great as Mary. Because if you agree with the Word of God and do His will on the earth and He gets to use you and gets to accomplish His will through you, He's just as thrilled with that as He is with Mary who just agreed with the Word of God, brought forth the Savior. And you know, we're real glad about that. But there's, there's, no, there's no more reward for that than there is for the handmaid of the Lord that hears the Holy Ghost say, go lay hands on that woman in the mall and I'm going to heal her. That's the handmaiden of the Lord that will hear that and will obey that, just get in agreement and get in line with the Word of God. Family, 
Mary's faith was not any greater than your faith if you agree with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now that's, that's good. Mark 11. We back, go back to Mark 11. Mark 11 and verse 11. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out into Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were came, come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee there hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it, and they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and, and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves? And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots and and Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him Master behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away you know Peter said there that Jesus cursed the fig tree and that word curse there and this might be interesting to you and I think it will be helpful to you that when the word curse there means that Jesus spoke negativism to the fig tree well, you know, we can take this and say, man, I can speak to fig trees. And yes, that is true. We can take that. But Jesus spoke negativism to the fig tree. And he did it to give a demonstration to the disciples of the power of words. And uh, sometimes, though, we are speaking negative to things that we never intended to curse. Jesus intended to speak negativism to give a picture to the disciples. But we speak negative sometimes to things that we didn't intend to. And our words have power. I'll just give you a personal example. Uh, I've had a lot of dogs in my life. <laughs> I had a dog the whole time I was a child. And, and uh, then when Michael and I first got married, I got me a little poodle. And, and then when my grandparents moved to Seagraves, my poodle liked my grandfather better than he liked me. And so he moved down the street and lived with <laughs> I mean, literally, he walked. My grandparents lived on the other side of the alley down a block. And he, she just walked down the block and she, she left home and went to my grandfather's house. Of course, you got to understand my grandfather fed her Hershey bars and stuff like that, you know. You know. And so uh, um, I've had all these dogs, but we have a new puppy now. And uh, my puppies are puppies, you know. And puppies do things puppies are not supposed to do. I have little puppy marks on my shoes, my new shoes that I have on right now. There's little puppy marks on the sides of my shoes and uh, just things like that, you know. But I've caught myself saying, bad dog, bad, bad dog, bad dog, <laughs> you know. And then I remember, Debbie, are you trying to create a bad dog? <laughs> So how do you say, how do you tell your dog, you're a good dog, but you do horrible things? <laughs> anyway, no. So anyway, sometimes we're cursing things we don't mean to curse. Anybody ever tell their dog they were bad? Bad dog. 
or maybe something else. <laughs> In Mark eleven twenty three, we're just keeping going here. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Mark 11.23 is how the God kind of faith works. In Mark 11.22 it says, Have faith in God, or my margin says, Have the God kind of faith. And Mark 11.23 is how the God kind of faith works. And it works this way, that whosoever... So that would mean anybody. Whosoever is anybody. So this works for anybody and everybody, okay? Y'all got that? Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Remember that word, believe. When you pray, believe. Believe that those things which he saith. Believe that those things which he saith. You have to believe in what you say. Believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Now, to go on, because we're talking about faith here and we're talking about confession, in Romans 10, 17 tells us, I'm telling you, this is faith encapsulated, all these scriptures tonight. You can meditate. These scriptures I've given you tonight, and you will understand faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17 is how you develop your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes to you by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When you're in the word of God, faith comes to you. When you get in the word and spend time in the word, faith comes to you. When you're in the Word, faith comes. Faith only comes from the Word. Faith doesn't come from listening to Christian music. Hello. Faith does not come uh, from a testimony service, from listening to testimonies. Faith comes to you from the Word of God. When you're in the Word, faith comes. If your faith is depleted, get in the Word. Amen. But here's now, here's the second part of that. Make sure you're in the right place in the Word. You say, well, Debbie, I thought all the Word of God was inspired. It is. It is. But family, if you're needing faith for something, you need to get in the Word on that topic. If you are believing God for healing, faith's not going to come as you study end-time eschatology for healing. Faith for healing comes from the Scripture's own healing. Amen? And don't limit yourself... I used to think, you know, there was just three scriptures for healing in the whole Bible. Isaiah 53, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. That's the only ones I'd found. But when, I, when it became a real need in my life, I found out that there is healing nearly on every page of the Bible. I have found scriptures for healing. I read healing scriptures out loud every day. And I've told you this before, how I, sometimes I start in the New Testament and go through. Sometimes I start in the Old Testament and go through. Sometimes I start in the back of the Bible and go, because I want to, you know, give myself variety and make it inspiring. And, you know, we'll be riding along sometimes, because sometimes we get up early and we have to go somewhere. And so when we do that, Michael knows I'm going to read healing scriptures to you in the car. So we get in the car and I say, okay, we're reading healing scriptures all the way to Birmingham or something. And so I'll start reading to him. And sometimes I'll, re I'll read him a scripture and he'll say, where was that scripture? 
And he wrote a book on uh, healing medicine. It's got 147 healing scriptures in it. And he thought he had them all when he, when he, when he finished the book. But we found a whole bunch more healing scriptures since then. See, there's healing everywhere in this word. And faith will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So you make sure you're in the right place. Now, if it's prosperity you're believing for, you need to find the scriptures for that. Amen. Praise God. Now, in Mark 11, 23, we're still going to go back to that and talk about that some more. Let's read it again just to get back on thought on it. He says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now this is a really important thing right here. You don't just have the things that you say to the mountain. You don't just have the things you say to the mountain, but you have those things you saith, or you have whatsoever you saith. Mark eleven twenty three. it just said there, you shall have whatsoever you saith. Family, you are having all the whatsoevers. You are not just going to have the things that you command to the mountain during your prayer time. I don't know about you, but when I'm praying sometimes, I get stirred up in the Holy Ghost, and I am walking through my house, and I tell you, I start speaking it. I start letting the devil have it. I get stirred up and I mean I'm calling heaven down and I'm declaring some faith words. But I'm not just going to have those things. I'm going to have the whatsoevers that I say all day long. So I've got to watch out for the whatsoevers. It's not the things I'm saying to the mountain that are holding me up. I'm doing real good at speaking to those mountains. Aren't you? I tell you what, you get stirred up in faith. But how many of you know there's also days when you don't feel so stirred up? And there's, I mean, I'm, I'm praying for my dog even. Man, I tell you, that dog, we brought her home, and, and she cried the first four days. I mean, just walked around and bawled for her mother. It was just like having a baby. Cried all night, cried all day for her mother or her daddy or her, I think it was for her little brothers, actually, her litter mates. And uh, this dog cried. So I got me a scripture. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says that she will be like a weaned child. And so I, I'm believing her to be weaned, you know. And, and she, so I'm praying this scripture over and I'm saying, I believe in God that she is, she is smart. She is house broke. She is obedient. This dog, you know, and you know, but then I found myself during the day, I, was, I prayed those things, and I believed I received, but when she did something wrong, bad dog! You know, and that's not all I said to her. No, no, shame on you. I mean, I, we have, we, <laughs> praise God, we've threatened her. I even told her one day, you may get to go live with some of our some of our church members, if you don't straighten up. I know some people believing for a dog, and they're fixing to get one sewed into their life. If you don't. <laughs> straighten up, <laughs> praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm really trying to make a point that it's the whatsoever's. So we've got to catch ourselves in the whatsoever. Amen. You have to believe that everything you say will come to pass. <laughs> Somebody laughed. I don't know who it was. You have to believe that everything you say will come to pass. I know that 
sometimes we, we, we've heard this taught before and we've just said, that's just a little too much. That's just a little too radical. That's just, you know, I just, God knows that I'm just kidding. You know, that I'm really just, we can't even joke anymore. Well, my question is, how does the devil know when you're joking? And it just depends on how much you want these things. And it just depends on, it just depends on how much you believe and how high you want to go. Amen. So you think about it. And there's no condemnation. We live in a free world. You can, you can live where you want to live. But I don't want a bad dog. I just don't want a bad dog. Amen. So I'm going to quit establishing one. One translation of this verse says, He shall have whatsoever he is saying. Or in other words, he shall have whatsoever he is saying continually. Family, you've got to get uninvolved with whatever problem you've got. If you've got a problem, if you've got a sickness, or you've got symptoms, or you've got a financial situation, or maybe you've got a family situation, you've got to get uninvolved with it. And you know, a lot of times people feel like that they are being neglectful if they do get uninvolved with their problem. And you've got to get uninvolved with the problem and you've got to get involved with the answer in your speaking. You've got to start talking the answer. Like, for instance, I'll give you this example. When you pray the prayer of faith and believe you're for your healing, and then you're, you say to your husband or your wife and you say, it's still there. When you say it's still there, that establishes it. Maybe it's, you say, well, I, I don't do that. But what about when it's your child and you pray and you believe you receive for your child's healing and then you tell your husband, you say, it's still there. You establish it. If you will confess the removal of the mountain, when you get to the mountain, it'll be gone. When you are walking the walk of faith, and you see that mountain out before you, if you will confess its removal, when you get there, it'll be gone. There is no release of the God kind of faith without the words of the mouth. There is no release of the God kind of faith without the words of the mouth. Believing the Lord is able to heal is not significant. Believing the Lord is able to heal is not significant. Believing the Lord is able to prosper you is not significant. You will never get prosperous believing the Lord is able to prosper you. You will never get healed believing the Lord is able to heal. Believing the Lord is going to prosper you. Now, it took me a lot of years to catch on to this one. This was one I got, I, 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 I had it down wrong. I would, I would sow my seed and I, and I believed in prosperity. And I'd sow my seed and I'd say, Michael, we have sown and we're going to reap. God's going to prosper us. And you will never get prosperous saying it that way. I've sown my seed, Michael, and I'm believing God and God's going to prosper us. I know we're going to prosper. No, you won't. Do you see with me, can you see right now by revelation how what I just said is putting it into the future? 
And faith is always now. Now faith is. I'm prosperous. I'm healed. See, I, I remember when I was first in the, you know, and I didn't understand all this stuff, but I gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I didn't know the, I started believing God healed, you know. And I, I remember I would think, uh, I would believe, I would hear people say, I'm just, I'm standing for my healing. I'm believing God to heal me. You won't ever get healed. Believe in God to heal you. Because now, faith. It, you are already healed. First Peter 2.24 says that Jesus healed you already. By His stripes, you were healed. You're already healed. And you need to start acknowledging you're healed and quit acknowledging. Amen. I know, I know, I know this stretches us. The Word says you were healed. The Word says your needs are met. Did you know it's not, it's not, well, you know God's going to supply our need. Our needs are met. My needs are met. I don't have need, any need. My God supplies all my need. My needs are met. Not my God, God's going to supply our need. And that was good this morning about God's not going to meet our need. He's going to supply our need. That takes a limitation off. Amen. The moment you start agreeing with the word that you are already healed, then it's done. Then you've become like Mary and you started agreeing with the word. I am healed. I'm healed. Okay, here's some more. It's not prayer that works. Have y'all ever heard that? Boy, prayer works. Prayer does not work. Listen to me carefully. Prayer does not work. It's not prayer that works. It's the Word and faith that work. Prayer, listen to this, because if this, this, this kind of, this rips all the religion out of you. Prayer won't make faith work. We have tried to make faith work by prayer for years. Prayer will not make faith So that just blows the theory of if we could just get more people to pray. If we could just, if we just pray longer. See, a lot of people are trying to make faith work by praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Now, I'm not advocating that we don't pray. You all understand. But until you pray in faith, it's prayer. Prayer is not what works. It's faith that works. So, it's not how long you pray. It's did you pray in faith. It's not how long you pray. It's did you pray in faith. Now, sometimes it takes a long, it takes a while to get in faith. Not a while of praying, but a while of sometimes you have to go to the Word to get in faith. I know uh, Brother Hagen tells a story about, um, I think it was Pat, Pat Hagen, and now her name would be Pat Harrison, his daughter, that. Uh, she had some sort of a growth or something come up on her while he was traveling and and Aretha brother Hagen's wife called him and and told him about this and and uh, I, and it was something kind of yucky I don't remember exactly all the details and uh, he he didn't pray immediately he said I, I didn't pray immediately see it's not wise to pray until you're ready to pray in faith 
And so he said what he did was he went and he, he meditated the healing scriptures. And he meditated them all that night. I think she called like in the evening. And so after his evening service that night, because he was out on the road ministering, he meditated the healing scriptures and he meditated them all night. It seemed like he meditated them, he said, all the next day. While he was, you know, preparing for the service, he meditated healing scriptures. And he meditated them, meditated them. And then when he got in faith, he prayed. And as you know, it was taken care of. And she was healed. So we got to get in faith when we pray. Okay. Faith will make, pr faith will make prayer work. Faith will make prayer work. Faith will work without prayer. Prayer won't work without faith. In James chapter 3, y'all got. can y'all keep going a little more? Get a little more stuff? Get some, a little more help. James 3, chap, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, ye put, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Um, in the Amplified Bible, when it says there in verse 2, for in many things we offend all, uh, the Amplified Bible uses the word stumble there. And so that's a little bit easier to understand. Uh, it says, for in many things if we, stum we stumble, if any man offend not in word, or if stumble not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. If we don't stumble in our words, we can control our body. Amen? But um, a lot of times we've stumbled in our words. We've erred in our words. The things we've spoke, the, all, it says there that the tongue that is just set on fire of hell. All, and what that means is all Satan has to do to get your situation like he wants it is to get your tongue going. And if he can get your tongue going a certain way, he doesn't have to do anything else. It'll just, it'll just follow the course of your tongue. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I need to change some things I'm saying. I know I'm the pastor's wife. And I've been in this stuff a long time. I've been in this stuff since 1980. And man, I tell you, I've been growing every year. I've, been, I've never backslid. I've never turned away. I've not even hardly missed church maybe five times since 1980, if, if that many. And I tell you, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not away from this stuff. But yet... I, I need to try change some things I'm speaking. Now, not in every area. There's some areas that I'm just dogmatic about. Boy, I wouldn't speak it no matter what. You couldn't make me speak some things because I just got it settled and I just won't say it. Amen? But then there's some areas. I just, even while I was talking here, I just, I just thought of some areas concerning family that I had just been speaking for years. 
And I just thought, you know, God, why am I so surprised of how that relationship goes? Because we speak that about that relationship. We talk it. Now, I'm being honest with you, but if you'll be honest with me, if we could pass the microphone around, we need to change some things. <laughs> Shall we do that? We need to change some things that we're saying. Because we're not, I don't want what I'm, I don't want some of the things I'm having. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you say, well, I, what does this have to do with all the other things God's been saying this year? Well, it has everything to do with it. Because we got to change our mouth if we're going to walk into that full prosperity. Amen. God's going to give us abundance. We're going to have to change our mouth. Praise God. If we're going to, if we're going to, do all God's called us to do, we got to change our mouth. It's going to take supernatural strength. And we're going to have to quit saying, I'm tired all the time. It was a few years ago that my husband got on to me and he said, Debbie, you're saying you're tired all the time. Well, sometimes we just get over there and start saying, we don't even really know we're saying it. You know? Sometimes we just, have you ever been around somebody that said something and you picked up what they said? Well, sometimes we've just done that. Amen. And sometimes we just, <laughs> we say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael got on to me for that. <laughs> you know, sometimes, since we're on the subject, <laughs> you know, we can say we're tired in a hundred ways without saying we're tired. You know, you can say you're mad without ever saying you're mad. My kids know. <laughs> Eric said, I looked at the dog the other night and he said, I saw that look on your face. <laughs> I can get this certain look and everybody in the house freezes. You know? <laughs> My dad had the same look. I, he could just do his teeth a certain way and I just froze to the floor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That's another thing you need to quit saying is I'm freezing. Quit saying I'm freezing. I'm freezing. Now, I quit saying I'm freezing to death a long time ago. Y'all used to say, I, I'm just freezing to death. Well, I, I, I dropped the death off, and I just quit starting saying, I'm freezing. I am just freezing. Well, if you'd quit saying you're freezing, you wouldn't be so cold all the time. Quit saying you're hot. I got on to Colin. He moved to Alabama. When we moved to Alabama, he walked around the last two summers saying, it is hotter than a mug. I don't know. Hotter than a mug. Hotter than a mug. I don't know what hotter than a mug is. But I tell him, if you'd quit talking about how hot you are, you'd quit being so hot. <laughs> Have you ever thought of saying, I am 98.6? <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, on CNN day before yesterday, it, it said it said 1997 was the hottest year on record. Eric saw that and he said, it, "It's just like me and my brother said. It was hotter than mine." <laughs> See, we say a lot of things that really do have a profound effect on us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We read there in James. I don't even know what time it is. Oh, we got lots of time. It says uh, in James 4 there, James 3, verse 4, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, 
and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. I'm real fascinated by that verse here lately. A ship turns ever so slowly. I told you this once before, I'll say it again for those that weren't here, but they say that when you're on a cruise ship and that where they turn that little helm and that, that ship can make a 180 degree turn and that you are, it's imperceptible, you don't even know it's turning. I've never been on a cruise ship and uh, so I don't know, but people tell me that that's true, that you don't know that the ship is turning because it turns ever so slowly. And see, sometimes we've gotten off of, we've heard messages like this. Maybe you read a book by Charles Capps when you first got into the uh, Word of Faith movement. And you read it and you started cleaning up your mouth. And maybe you did clean it up and uh, get rid of some of your negative confession. But when you came to the part about speaking some positive things and you began to want to speak some things into being, you stopped maybe too soon not realizing that your life going this direction full speed ahead because you'd been going that way maybe 20 or 30 years on a certain path. And so you began to speak and it was, your life was turning, but it was so imperceptible to you, you couldn't see that it was doing anything and you might have been tempted to say, man, that confession stuff, it don't work. And just went back to talking the old way. Well, the ship was turning. He's, the Lord gave us an example here, and He said, it's like a ship. It turns. Now, here's something that I really like about that. If you read in that verse, it says, even though it be driven of fierce winds, the helm or rudder of a ship is able to turn the ship even during fierce winds. That's what it said there. Your tongue will turn your situation even during a storm. I'm telling you, if Satan is after you, if he is after your life, your tongue will change that situation. It, it can do it even during the storm. So don't worry if you're in the storm. You just speak the right thing. And the ship will turn even in the storm. Amen? So if symptoms are raging in your body, just speak what the Word says. And just keep speaking it because the ship's turning. And maybe you don't see anything change. Maybe you go for weeks and nothing changes. Maybe you go for several months and nothing changes. Just keep speaking. The ship is turning. Amen. If you're in a financial crisis, just keep speaking. The ship is turning. Oh, family, you don't know as a pastor's wife how many people I've seen that, that they just didn't understand why it wasn't working for them. They just didn't understand. I don't understand. We've been doing this for a month now. It's not like that. This is something that you've got to read out of the Word and you've got to believe it and you've got to... It's a lifestyle change for the rest of your life. Doing it for a month. Doing it... There's people that actually that don't give it that long and expect it to work. There's sometimes people that don't give it a week and expect it to work. Praise God. Well, it's not God. That's stopping it. It's just, it's just that your life is plowing full steam ahead. It's just like the Titanic. It couldn't, by the time it saw the iceberg, it couldn't stop fast enough. And your life is going 
full speed ahead and you making one confession is not going to stop that ship. It's plowing through the water and it's been going that way 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. It's been set on fire by the course of nature. Your tongue and all the things your mother spoke of you and your daddy spoke over you and everything you said for the last 30 or 40 years, this thing is going and it's going to, you, you, you're going to have to start speaking to this thing and the brakes, will, it'll start stopping. But you, it's not like you can't stop it on a dime. You know, we want to make one confession and that thing go, and go back the other way. It's not like that. It's not like that. You start making those confessions and it starts slowing up. And then it starts turning. And then you get that thing going the other way. You get that thing going the other way. Praise God. And some of you, I, I just, if I want to say anything tonight, it's some of you don't give up. You've been coming to this church a while and you've been hearing us say that financial blessing is coming, that money is coming. Family, it takes a while to get those things starting to manifest in your life. But when one thing comes and you, then you just keep believing and you just keep pulling on the, you just keep pulling on that handle and you just keep pulling it down and you just keep pulling it in and you just keep believing and you just keep saying it and you just just keep confessing it and you just keep saying it and you just keep just hang on just keep on because some of you are right on the verge and you don't want to give up right now because if you give up you'll have to start over 